Welcome to Savage. I'm your host, Kelsey Kenry, CEO, wife, and mom of three. This is where you find the aligned strategy and mindset shifts to unleash your power, unlock your freedom, and step into your full potential as a CEO. Every episode is full of tough love and hard truths with a side of tactical guidance to expand your success. You ready? Let's do the damn thing. What would you choose? How would your life look? How much of your life are you doing because you're just checking the boxes instead of actively seeking things that are fulfilling to you? Welcome to the Cornercast. My name is Kelsey Kenry, and I help professional women become fulfilled, earn more money, and discover themselves so that they can succeed without sacrificing their mental or physical health. On this show, We'll talk about how to achieve work-life balance, become more organized and productive, so you can stop living your life on autopilot. Welcome, and thank you for being here. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Cornercast, and today we're talking about the pressure that comes with success. Talking about this pressure is important because we all feel it. When you are a woman who cares about achieving things and growth, whether that's personally or in your career or both, there is this pressure that you feel. And like anything, we can crumble under it and we can go to very opposite ends of the extremes. So we can completely let go once we've crumbled or we can be so highly functioning as we tell ourselves in this success that We keep telling ourselves we thrive under this pressure until we don't. So I want to talk about this pressure of success. I want to talk about what it is, what it feels like, why it happens, and then kind of some identification to know like if you're feeling this pressure and when to know this pressure is unhealthy. And of course, you know, what happens If we stay under this pressure and don't find the correct balance for our lives. And as always, I'm going to give you guys some things that you can do for this pressure that you're feeling. So let's start it off with a little story. I have a client who, if you could read a book, like her success story almost doesn't seem real. I mean, I'm talking about leaving an abusive relationship. I'm talking about getting, leaving a toxic job, which I'm going to expand on, finding a new job that included an over $30,000 raise for her, while also being in a more supportive work environment. I'm talking about movement of her body 
And I'm talking about her literally saying to me on our last session that she's currently living her best life. And that is like, I think about our first session together. She was sitting on her living room floor, our first few sessions, actually. And there was just tears and pain. And she was so like deep in this darkness of feeling lost and unfulfilled. She's like a different person now. But the pressure that she was feeling at her work. So in her job, she's very much valued on her productivity, right? So the results that she was getting, as most most companies are, right? So it's like, if you're not producing, why are you not producing? But there's can still be healthy work culture involved here. So this pressure that was being put on her to perform in a certain way and the way that it was communicated to her and the way that she was taking it on basically manifested into every area of her life, a.k.a. her being in a relationship to where she was not just underappreciated, but, you know, abused, which really runs into how she was valuing herself. So it was this constant feeling of her, no matter what she did, it wasn't enough. And that pressure and that consistent pressure and that feeling of not being good enough manifested obviously in her relationships, but also in how she was treating herself and her body and the way that she was eating and the way that she, her movement was, it just was every path imaginable. It was happening. So I share this story with you because now with her on the other side of this, by us working through it, us opening up some things for her that she may not have recognized and for her being committed to herself and consistently showing up for herself, she's been able to not just remove the external pressure that she was feeling, but also the internal pressure. So that's the thing about pressure. There's the internal pressure and there's the external pressure. And for a lot of high achieving women like yourself, the internal pressure is pretty intense. So this pressure and what it is, is it's, it really is that feeling of everything that you're doing. It's not really enough. It's not good enough. You can maybe recognize the things that you're doing You maybe have a good idea of your your strengths and maybe your skill sets. And it can also show up in different ways. So you might not put any pressure on yourself as a career person, but maybe you put a lot of pressure on yourself as a mom or in your relationship. So we're not just talking about success in the workplace. We're talking about success and how you view success. So this pressure, that feeling of, You're doing all these things, but it's still not good enough. You are not enough. You need to be better. You want to be better. And really, it is like you just wanting to be everything to everybody. You want to do it all and be it all to everyone. That's that internal pressure, right? And then also the pressure comes from unrealistic expectations, So having unrealistic expectations of what you can perform, what you can do, what fits in your schedule, what you're expecting of yourself 
and your physical and your mental well-being to be able to handle without crumbling, usually a lot of unrealistic expectations here within this pressure. And to get into why this pressure happens, a lot of it is simply us wanting to prove something. You know, in the workplace, especially if you work in a male-dominated workplace, this is like, well, I have to show them that I'm an equal. Here's the trick, though. If you truly believe that you're an equal, you stop worrying about trying to prove it to anybody. So again, we're talking about that internal pressure of I need to prove something to somebody. I need to show them that I'm the best. Because you can do things to the best of your ability and actually maybe for once feel like you really did that and somebody else may still not feel that way. That's exhausting. Trying to prove yourself to anyone or prove that you actually belong somewhere is exhausting. You belong and are good enough wherever you believe you belong. So this pressure happens because we want to prove ourselves, because we want everybody around us to know that we are the hardest worker in the room. That job, yes, she can do it. That satisfies our internal need because it's like, yes, I'm achieving things. I'm awesome. And it's a great distraction. And you can usually get a lot of my clients have climbed really far. You're making great income. Everything on the outside looks pretty. Inside, you're lost, struggling, frustrated, unfulfilled, questioning if you're passionate about this, if you're doing or acting in any way that you really want to. So why does this pressure happen? We want to prove ourselves. We want to make sure everybody knows that we are that hardest worker. And then we need to make sure that everybody around us is pleased and that they know you are an achiever. You are the one that gets it done. Anything, anytime, you're the one. As if being that person gives you the upper hand in some way. And some of this can even stem from the expectations that our parents had for us. I remember with Cameron, when we were talking to a couple of specialists when after Brooklyn came and he was having some physical difficulties. And we were talking to this specialist. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, my kid is hitting kids. Something's wrong with him. And then in... To say it simply, the specialists are, the problem is, is that you're expecting your two-year-old not to hit kids. (laughs) And not all two-year-olds do. So that's the problem, right? The comparison piece. But having these unrealistic expectations for Cameron set him up to fail. Because for me, it was like, well, how do I fix him? How do I make him stop doing that? It's like, well, you got to fix yourself as a parent. You have to stop setting your kid up. And create better environments and say, hey, this is a thing that a two-year-old does. So make sure, you know, we put him in the most successful place. We, We make sure that we find the right kind of environment, the right kind of teachers. And I myself, with my own parents, we always have the need to want to please our parents, no matter what our relationship with them is. We are connected to them. And so, of course, we want them to be proud of us. 
But again, we're back to the proving yourself to where if you don't feel proud of yourself, there is no amount of people or no relationship or any person in your family that's going to feel proud, that's going to cover that hole of you not being proud of yourself. So maybe your parents had unrealistic expectations for you because they didn't know better. Our parents did the best they could with what they had, no matter what kind of childhood trauma that we went through. Luckily, mental health is becoming more important. People are seeing the importance of it. It's becoming necessity. People are seeing that. But it wasn't that way when our parents were were growing up, right? Or when they had us. So a lot of pressure can come from those expectations that we carry on from our parents to where it's just that need to be seen in a certain way. We want to make people proud. And that's a great way to know if you're kind of starting to crumble under this pressure is that if you're so focused on pleasing everybody else and trying to make everybody proud and make sure that all the projects are done on time and that you're the person that's doing the most work and you never feel proud of yourself, that's how you know. You're standing on some very shaky ground. So this shows up in a lot of different ways. Obviously, one of the most obvious ways is that you kind of start to disregard yourself. So you kind of disregard your mental health and your physical health. I can't tell you how many clients that I've worked with that simply they stopped working out or eating well because of their workload all the time because things shifted. So there was more work on their plate. And so when something gets added, something gets removed. And so it was the consistent removal of things for themselves. And that's why people don't feel good. That's why you probably don't feel your best. What have you removed for yourself while taking on for other people? You also know if you're starting to crumble, if you live in this constant fear of letting people down. Like that is the worst thing that could happen. If you let somebody down, they will view you differently. They might judge you. Just that worry and living in that, again, we're talking about big time energy sucking. How can you find yourself and be aligned with yourself if you're so focused on what other people may or may not think? That fear of letting people down is a distraction from looking at yourself. And with this, you're definitely not (laughs) looking at or celebrating your accomplishments. Sometimes we don't even know how to celebrate because we're so disconnected. I've been there. I know what that feels like. To where everything you do, instead of even viewing it as an accomplishment, you just view it as, yeah, I was supposed to do that. That was my responsibility. Check the box. Instead of being like, I am amazing. I had to work so hard to make that happen. I have been busting my ass to see that result. I deserve to soak this up and have some time to really sit in this accomplishment. But with pressure, when you finish one thing, 
It's all about moving to the next thing. I put a lot of pressure on myself when I was writing my book. I thought about how people wouldn't like it, what they were going to say. Never to the point where it made me stop. But enough, luckily, that I'm very aware of my thoughts and how to work through them. But I still have the thoughts. I still fear what failure will look like. That internal pressure that I was putting on myself could have easily prevented me from writing the book, which it did for a long period of time. Between the pressure and the fear and the lack of knowing how and where to start, that kept me stuck. For years, I said I was going to write a book. And then when I wrote my book and was hitting number one in categories on Amazon, I was like, holy shit, this is something that actually might help people. But we can't rely on that external validation. We can't rely on people telling us that we're good enough to feel good enough. So if you don't do something about this pressure, externally or internally, if you don't speak up about the things that you need, and if you don't start prioritizing the things for yourself, Honestly, this continued pressure is probably going to show up first in some health problems. High blood pressure, stress, anxiety, insomnia. It's another big one. You're just running yourself into the ground. Like your plate is only so big. There's only so many hours. And so what you choose to put in those hours is up to you. What you choose to say no to is also up to you. So if you let go of the fear of... Who am I going to make upset by saying no? What would you choose? How would your life look? How much of your life are you doing because you're just checking the boxes instead of actively seeking things that are fulfilling to you? When you run yourself into the ground, when you have this external pressure and this internal pressure, and it's consistent and it's heavy, it is physically heavy. It's going to manifest in those health issues, but... There is emotional and physical exhaustion that occurs and you just shut down and you have nothing to give and you find yourself so disconnected and so the lack of presence is so apparent because you're not there because your brain and your body and your heart and your mind are like, just, I just need to I just need a minute to try to recover. You're not giving yourself that recovery because you're not sleeping well. You're not eating well. You're not moving your body. You're not getting time for yourself. But you think you can keep piling this stuff on. You can keep taking all these tasks and you can keep saying yes to all these things. You can keep getting talked to by somebody at your job that's putting all this pressure on you. And then you can up that pressure by also giving yourself internal pressure to make sure that when you do it, it's the best. Even if you have to redo it a million times, even if you have to stay up all night. And if you think that there's not going to be a return, if you think that that's not going to come back and bite you, if you think that you can just sleep five hours a night and work 14 hour days or whatever you're trying to do, if you think that you can do that and that's sustainable for you, 
you are wrong. Everybody's schedules and jobs are different. I understand heavy work weeks. I understand more hours. I understand pushing. I understand hustling. I've been there. I've done all of that. But if it is not balanced with recovery, fulfillment, and happiness, you will crumble and then you will not be able to do anything. And that's what really happens with this pressure. So what do you do? What do you do when you're feeling this pressure? The first thing is evaluate where the pressure is coming from. How much of it is you? How much of it is that internal pressure? And then how much of it is external? What do you need to say no to? What kind of conversation can you have with your team, with the support around you, with your boss, whoever it is? You have to communicate. Figure out where the pressure is coming from. The next thing is you gotta prioritize relaxation and self-care. I don't care what your self-care is. Self-care to me is anything that feels fulfilling to you. It can be a walk. It can be watering your plants. It can be gardening. It could be playing with your kids. It doesn't matter, but it needs to be something that fulfills you. If you do not have things in your life that fulfill you, you are pouring from an empty cup, which I'm sure you've heard before. So prioritize relaxation time, set boundaries. It's a whole nother episode. To get the relaxation and self-care time, you have to have boundaries. Once you identify where the pressure is coming from, you'll see that you need to communicate some boundaries, 100%. That's every single client I've ever worked with. We're establishing where we can set boundaries to create space. The next thing you need to do is define what does work-life balance mean to you? If I told you that you can create whatever you want to create, you'd probably think I was crazy. But if you are intentional and if you are aligned with yourself and you take aligned action in your life and you have intentions every single day towards what you are creating and you know what your purpose is and you know why you're doing it, which is exactly what I'm developing with all of my clients, then you define it in detail and then you create it. Then you make it happen because you're so focused on creating that. Everybody's work-life balance looks different. What does your ideal work-life balance look like? And if you don't know, send me a message on Instagram and we'll talk about it. And the last thing is really to change what you can in your environment. Have a conversation. Set those boundaries. Ask for more support at home. Rework your work schedule. Whatever you need to do. If you are in a toxic place, if you are in a toxic work environment, what can you control? Are you in a toxic work environment because everybody thinks they can speak to you that way because you haven't told them differently? It's time to speak up then. What do you have control over in the environments that you exist in? What can you change to make those environments better? The pressure to succeed and the pressure of When you are succeeding and the pressure of being successful is very real and it's a pressure that I know you feel, I know I feel, and we just need to identify where it's coming from. We have to prioritize ourselves. We have to really get 
very detailed on what that work-life balance looks like to us. And then we have to figure out what we can change in our current environments that brings us closer to that goal. If you are struggling with pressure and you don't know where to start, reach out to me, send me a message, and we'll talk and we'll see what kind of space that we can create for you to get this time for yourself. Please take a second to screenshot this, post it on your Instagram stories, tag me. I'd love to see that you're listening. And I'd love to hear how these things are helping you or just have a conversation. So screenshot, post it on your Instagram stories, and then send it to any friends and family that you think it would be helpful for. And as always, I see you, I hear you, and I'm with you. Talk soon, guys. So one of the most common questions I get is about self-care. And specifically within that, about creating routine. And so I want to give you guys one of my favorite products that I use in my morning and night routine. Whenever you're creating a morning or a night routine, it can sometimes feel like work. And so my best tip for creating some sort of routine is always going to be starting with something small. And that's how I started using Tula skincare and it fell so easily into a routine. Because honestly, you can simply start with washing your face and using a moisturizer. It doesn't have to be some big, fancy, long process. But what I did notice is, number one, my skin got better. Number two, I started to feel better just having that added to my routine. It's just a really small piece of self-care. And honestly, morning and night, I spend less than five minutes doing it. So if you've ever looked at Tula, I love Tula for a lot of reasons. And honestly, I use all of their products. But if you want to try Tula, hop on there and start your hashtag self-care routine without it taking any significant amount of time in your day. But it really does make a difference. If you are a CEO or entrepreneur, I want to invite you into a space that's unlike anything out there. CEO Power Hour is a free monthly live experience that you can join in person or virtually to get your questions answered to fulfill the desires for your business. Inside this room, you bring your biggest goal, the obstacles you are experiencing, or anything you want my expertise, eyes, and ears on. This guidance, along with the ideas and inspiration from other powerful women, allows you to be fully immersed in the energy of being supported and learn in a completely new way so that you can expand your business and your life to the next level. I created CEO Power Hour to bring together powerful business owners for connection, collaboration, and coaching. This is your invitation, and it's free. The link is in the show notes, so I hope to see you at our next monthly meeting.